Hey, you guys, it's Mac and it Ken's here. We are so excited for a brand new For the Girls series. And we will tell you about it in just a second. But I will say it involves boys. You heard that right. The boys. Boys are going to be <laughs> on this podcast. And it's going to be Very. so much fun and scary. Yes. But before <laughs> we get into this episode, we want to share about an awesome organization that we're partnering with this holiday season. Yes, it is almost that time of year where we're pulling out our Christmas decorations and all the fun things. And maybe you are looking for like a cute, fun date idea for you and your husband or you and your significant other. Or if you're single, maybe for you and some girlfriends, like a fun activity to do together. And this isn't just a Christmas activity. This is also a way to serve and to give back. And that is building a shoebox with Operation Christmas Child. And what we love is that all of these shoebox gifts are an opportunity to share about Jesus. And for many of the children receiving these shoeboxes, this is the first gift they have ever received. Shoeboxes are delivered, the ones that you create with your significant other, are delivered through local churches, and the gospel is always shared when children receive their shoebox. Uh, I love it because their actual gift of the shoebox is just the beginning. From that point, children are then invited to participate in a 12-lesson discipleship course called The Greatest Journey. And more than 24.9 million children have graduated from this program. And over 17.4 million of those children have made decisions for Christ since 2009. So a little trip to Target (laughs) And filling a shoebox, like what a fun thing can have then a tremendous, incredible impact for the kingdom. And I just can't think of a better little Christmas holiday date night. Can you guys? No, it is so much fun. Um, And oh my gosh, I've heard just the most incredible testimonies of men and women that have received a shoebox and then came to know Jesus through it. One of which we're actually going to interview on the podcast later on in this series, which I'm really excited for you to hear her story. We got to hear it at a conference we were at, and um, we were really excited to share it with you guys. But um, yeah, it has so much impact. The perfect date night idea. You're right. I'm glad you mentioned that and fitting for (laughs) our marital podcast. That's right. (laughs) Also, I've heard, I have heard that Walmart has some really cute, baby clothes (laughs) right now. So if you're going for like that younger age, I heard it's really cute. People keep telling me, have you heard about this or seen this? I have heard this. I have heard this. They must have like really stepped up their game. My sister told me this. She's been buying lots of her girls' clothes from Walmart recently. Right. So good affordable option. Yeah. So you can do Walmart, Target, even the dollar store. And you're going to fill your shoebox with uh, like – fun little toys with maybe some hygiene products with maybe some school supplies. And uh, I think Operation Christmas Child even has a whole list of ideas for things to fill your box with. But you guys can have so much fun with this. Uh, I hope this leads to no arguments. I hope you guys just get along (laughs) and agree on everything you're putting in those boxes. I I hope so too. Okay. So I know we're talking about this early, but Operation Christmas Child actually collects all of their boxes on the third week of November. This year, it's November 13th through the 20th. So you do kind of have to plan ahead for this one. And then you can drop off your shoebox at like a ton of locations. There's actually nearly 5,000 drop-off locations across the country and even in Puerto Rico. So um, we'll put a link in the show notes of like where you can find a spot near you. Um, but that's why we're talking about it so early. Also, because why not talk about Christmas early? I'm so excited for it this year. It's going to be the best. <laughs> Same. Okay, so get all the information in our show notes. And you can use any shoebox. It doesn't have to be just the Operation Christmas yeah. Child shoeboxes. You can use any shoebox you have at your house or like those little plastic bins. And we're super excited. You guys have to send us pictures if you do this. And mm-hmm. uh I already have Tyler Knight's date on the calendar planned for this. And I know we're going to be doing this too. So that's super fun. Uh, But yes, guys, we're so excited to jump into this new series. So let's get into the episode. Hey, girl, you're listening to the For the Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. 
Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, For the Girl fam. We are back for an awesome episode at For the Girl. We are kind of changing the name of this series to be called For the Both of Us. For the Both of Us. So we're not going to do, you know, we're not going to do a whole brand switch because that'd be dramatic. But just internally, now that you click the episode, know that this podcast is now named For the Both of Us for the next, what, seven weeks? Seven weeks, seven, eight weeks. Yeah. Boys, you are welcome here. For the longest time, we've tried to keep you out, but welcome. Yes. Welcome. And all men listening, we are so happy It's a you're safe here. place for all men on For the Girl podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Feel safe on the For the Girl podcast. Slash for the both of us. Oh, yes. For the both of us. after so, the seven weeks, you're out. Okay. So as you guys hear- Should we take a, po- a new podcast cover with the four of us that are on this podcast at the moment? Just equip- a quick swap out. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> it's really funny. I do see people do like podcast rebrands and they make like a big deal of it. And me and Mac just like low key every once in a while just switch up the photo. Like, is that a good strategy or bad strategy? We don't know. But hey, Tyler, say hi. Josh is so naturally and comfortably funny. I don't know how to compete. <laughs> just been an influencer for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A nano oh creator. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, so go, as you guys hear, we have the men here, the husbands here for this series and how it's going to go down. So this episode, we actually asked some questions from the For the Girl audience and we're going to answer them about marriage. For the Both of Us is about marriage, your engagement seasons, highs and lows of marriage. We'll give you a list of topics later. But um, basically from this point forward, we did little interviews. So Mac and Tyler took the lead and interviewed some of their friends and fam. And then Josh and I took the lead on some other episodes and interviewed some friends and fam. So it's really fun. And you're going to hear from the boys, basically. And that's the scoop. Wow. I'm so excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Today, like Ken said, we have a ton of questions. I'm nervous. Anytime we get the four of us together, it's who knows what's <laughs> going to happen over the next minutes ahead. go rogue. Are you guys ready to be vulnerable, though? That's the real thing. Well, I just saw the question. How I need often- a warm up. I just saw the question, how often is the intimacy? And I thought, wow, we're really going there on this podcast. Yeah. This is a Christian podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there, boys. Are you ready? Actually, Josh, like, hates talking about that kind of stuff, so. Yeah. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's start off with something a little bit easier. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with this question. What ways do you make intentional time for each other despite busy schedules? Durham's, you guys want to start? Well, number one, we have a standing date night every Wednesday night. So that's kind of our intentional date night on the calendar. We it like ninety nine percent of the time never gets moved, and yeah, we do it every single Wednesday. So I think that's one way that we've done it. But also, we both work for ourselves and both work from home, so we end up spending kind of a lot of quality time together, whether we like it or not. Well, I don't know <laughs> that it's quality, quality. Maybe it is for me. <laughs> Midday lunch, him on Twitter. He's like, this is great quality time. I love I'm, this for us. love this for us. For the both of us. I would say date night. The other thing we're pretty protective about is like just dinner time period. So we're big like sit down, dinner, no phone. Yeah. We also don't eat in front of the TV. I, I heard that like you, you guys, guys do. Though. Yeah. You guys, yeah. I was wow. going to say, I was laughing because the two things that you guys do, we don't okay, do. This is yeah, honestly so date night. make this podcast yeah. good as we're getting two perspectives. Yes. So we tried date night. I'd always had so many friends who were like, date night once a week, best thing ever. And we tried it. We did it we for hated a it. couple months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> bummer about our schedules is we have something pretty much most nights of every single week. So we have to kind of just be a little bit more intentional with date nights and schedule them 
like week to week essentially and which means they don't happen every week they probably happen once or twice a month probably where it's like a true date night and then for us yes we love to watch tv together and like sometimes we'll sit at the table but it's not an everyday thing so I wouldn't say that's how we like get our quality time in how do we get our quality time in well, I feel like we both, we just in general like to spend time together. So we, we do spend quite a bit of time together. And I think I think if in general, just knowing what's going on in the other person's life, you know, knowing how they're doing, what's going on. I feel like both of us are pretty good about asking the other person, you know, we do, we both work from home as well. So, it, you know, you can, it can feel like, you know, what's going on in their life, but not actually know. So I feel like we're pretty good about asking questions. We drive a lot in the car together. We're pretty intentional in car rides. We never listen to music. Not intentionally. We just just kind of part of our kind of our dynamic, which is funny. Maybe I need to stop Um, blasting rap music in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh I was gonna say one thing one thing I think that we do that is what our way to spend quality time together is we just like to do we do things together like with what the other person likes we go with each other so Mm -hmm. a lot of times post work we do like little outings like he loves to go to the driving range so I'll go with him to the driving range or and I always convince him I'm like if you get me a treat on the way I'll go Uh, (laughs) so we love to do that and then we do a lot of a lot of the things that take up our weeknights are different ministry things that we do together so that's really fun because the things that we're doing, we're in them together. And so like when we get home, we're always having like debriefs in the kitchen about what happened and things like that. So yeah, yeah ours is a little bit less planned, but yeah, we, we just do live together. Yeah. We kind of find moments in between. So that's yeah. good. That's so good. And it, it probably good. changes the seasons. So yeah. Okay. We love that. Okay. Um, let's talk about, uh, this is a funny question. Somebody asked is, marriage really that different from dating (laughs) whoa big question i guess it depends on what dating looks like for you yeah but even then i feel like it's totally different yeah i would say it's totally different too like you are living Mm -hmm. together waking up together going to sleep together for us we share car together (laughs) we work together yeah so i feel like your lives that were once so independent do really merge Right. Yeah, I would say it feels like it's way more where dating is like cute, sweet, fun. It's like marriage is like partnership. Mm-hmm. You are coming together and like you're taking on the world together. And so that includes a lot of really fun, beautiful, exciting moments. And then a lot of like not very glamorous <laughs> moments of paying your taxes together <laughs> and, you yeah. know, oh car washes. We never get car washes. I don't know why my mind is there, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's like the the not as fun things, but you are doing them with the other person yeah. and both people are invested. And so I think it's actually really cool and really sweet. Yeah. And that's why I think it makes it so different than dating. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Look. And you have a lot more sex. <laughs> oh, he wants to go there. Oh, wow. no. <laughs> oh, <Hopefully>. man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay. Basically, my takeaway is that there's a lot more car washes involved. In- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's another hilarious. good question here is how do you, let's talk about like our spiritual lives and how that changed through date or from like marriage or from dating to marriage. Somebody asked, how do you like separate your time alone with God from spending time like together with God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This will be interesting because I bet, again, we're probably different on how we do this. Yeah. But for us, like we, I would say most mornings do our like time with Jesus together, meaning we're sitting beside each other, but we're doing kind of our own things, like spending time with Jesus in whatever ways we do. Uh, but that's kind of has, for us has been a really fun thing because oftentimes as we're reading our Bibles or journaling or doing whatever, we like stop and we're like, look how crazy this is. Isn't this crazy? Like when the Bible says this or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So they're kind of fun little moments because we're doing our own thing and like talking to God in the ways that that we feel like we best connect with God. But then we get to share little moments together in that. And that's been a really fun thing for us in marriage that I don't even know how it happened. It just kind of happened where he like works out really early in the morning and then 
uh, I sleep in a little bit, but we have the same hour of like where we do our time with Jesus. And that's been really fun and really cool. So that's one aspect of our spiritual life that we've kind of navigated in marriage. Mm. Yeah. I feel like ours is like, mine's a little bit more inconsistent, I guess. Like I don't, a lot of times I wake up in the morning, work out, and then I start work immediately. So typically, I guess in terms of hours, I feel like you typically have your time with the Lord in the morning right mm-hmm. away. And mine's typically, I feel like I read the Bible before I go to bed typically. Mm-hmm. That's usually, but we don't do it simultaneously. Yeah. Like, it's usually a little bit more often than that. Yeah. And I was trying to think, have we ever done like a devotion together? Any study together? Yeah, we did Acts. We studied Acts together. Oh, yeah. We did that the... for a little bit. So there's in seasons where we've like decided to do like a study together. But most of the time, yeah, it's pretty separate. And I would say other than, you know, our small group and we have like our spiritual like rhythms and stuff like that. Um, the other thing though, that's like really consistent together is our prayer life. Yeah. I would say most nights of the week pray together before we go to bed. And then also we'll just pray together when things feel heavy or hard or anytime we just like need to pray for a friend or for each other. And that has been really sweet part of marriage. That was like unexpected, just like the vulnerability through prayer and mm-hmm. like needing it and asking for it and being challenged and just like the boldness of our prayers together. So there's been a lot of prayer together. And then, yeah, we do it like separately too. And just like our designated quiet times. Yes. And we're perfect at it. We're perfect at praying <laughs> <laughs> every single time. All the time. No, just be clear. We- don't not every night it is interesting you have you have like the adjustments to those rhythms of your relationship with god and then it's also you know your marriage when when you think about it in the context of my you know my marriage to mac i'm called to love her as christ loved the church so so much of my spiritual life you know my walk with god is you know reflected in my pursuit of mac so so much of our my spiritual spiritual life, quote unquote, is, is our marriage. So, mm-hmm. you know, what was my personal relationship with God is so now intertwined with my, with my relationship with this person. And so you have those, you know, tangible rhythms that are so fun to do both separately and together, but then also, you know, your pursuit of this person becomes really your yeah walk with God. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I was going to say, it's just really cool too in marriage when, you know, you're going to church together or you're in like a community group together, you are being kind of shaped spiritually by the same things. And it's really fun, just the organic conversations that that creates, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) post-church, the debrief of the sermon, or for us, like post-community group where we're kind of like talking through those things or... um, even for us, like we, we lead young life together. And so that's really fun and cool for us. Just the different things that like God has highlighted, even in Tyler and his spiritual journey, how then I get invited into that. Like there's something like he'll listen to a podcast and be like, Oh my goodness, you have to listen to this. I listen to it. And then that's the thing that we're talking about. Mm. We're hanging out for the next two or three months. And I think that's really fun is you get to like share in the ways that God's Mm -hmm. speaking to Tyler become ways that I feel like God in some ways speaks to me and yeah. that is really cool when you just do life so up close to somebody else you almost get this like double richness of intimacy with God through your relationship which is really yeah. fun and cool I'm reminded through this conversation just like even the value of marrying somebody who's in pursuit of Christ because I think there's a season of my singleness or when I look at even friends relationships where maybe they're not like the guy's not like total, totally like pursuing his faith or maybe just in a rough season or whatever. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like they might get there, you know, like you could help them get there and stuff like that. And that maybe is true for some people in, in seasons. But I'm just reminded through this and as I reflect on just like my time with Jesus and my spiritual growth through marriage, like there's been seasons where it's been really hard spiritually for me, you know, or where I've felt really dry and Josh has like challenged me, you know, been like, Hey, let's pray together. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I got to pray. Oh, yikes. I feel like I haven't talked to God and like, now I'm going to pray. And then I'm like, Oh wait, okay. I'm getting back to it. Or like even just going to church when I don't want to, or yeah, I feel like it's huge when you are, 
when in marriage, like it really does keep you accountable in your faith, which is like so sweet. So Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. So true. Okay, I want to ask this question. What is one thing you wish someone would have told you before getting married? Well, I feel like <laughs> one thing that's kind of funny that I always hear is just like, I always hear people talking about like marriage is so hard. Like, oh, get ready. It's the best thing, but it's also the hardest thing. And it's like this whole like, you know, like brace yourself. It's kind of be a rocky road kind of like mentality. And I just feel like it's that doesn't always have to be the case. Like I do understand that people have challenging marriages in that my situation isn't other people's situation. But I feel like marriage for me has only been like, yes, has there been challenges, of course, but our marriage is so life-giving for me. And like, it just brings so much joy and there's just so much richness and depth. Like, I feel like I love Ken's more today than I did, you know, when we got married three years ago. And so, I don't know, I just feel like there's that, like when you're preparing and thinking about marriage and like, I wish someone had been like, more like I I definitely had amazing encouraging people Mm -hmm. in my life pre-marriage but I feel like if I could tell anyone that's like getting ready for marriage get ready to have the time of your life get ready to marry your best friend like Mm -hmm. get ready to be in the best relationship that you've ever had and so I don't know I just like to say that because you know there are challenges I'm not trying to make light of them but for me it's just been more way more life-giving than challenging it's good Yeah, that's really good. I was going to say, Tyler and I, we had like on our one year anniversary trip, we were trying to come up with like one word to describe our first year of marriage. And this sounds hilarious, but we agreed that our word was naked, which sounds so funny. (laughs) (laughs) But literally and metaphorically. (laughs) But the meaning. That's our second sex record. I know. I'm saying it's not. I'm saying that. What I was even maybe not prepared for in marriage was I thought marriage was like all about the relationship and it is all about the relationship. But marriage uncovers so much about you as an individual. I think that is one thing that I like wasn't prepared for. I wasn't prepared to maybe come face to face with all of like my junk and all of like my shortfalls and shortcomings and all of these different things. And I think that, but that's the beauty is the beauty and the fact that like you put all your junk out on the table for this other person and they choose to like love you more and choose to like work through it with you, be in partnership with you. And I think that's one thing that's like the hardest part of marriage, but also the most beautiful part of marriage that like uh, you are just fully exposed yet there's someone sitting across from you who's choosing to like love you as fully as they know how to. And that's the best glimpse we get of the fullness of how God loves us. And so I think it really does help you to understand God's love for you in such a cool way through just the fact that you like, you can't hide your junk anymore. (laughs) When you're single, even when you're dating, it's, it's a lot easier to hide your junk, but in marriage you can't. And I think that's, ends up being a really beautiful gift. I just kept hearing Max say, hide your junk. Hide your junk. <laughs> In context of your word for first year of marriage is naked. Naked, naked. I see. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Maybe we should get back to for the girl. Case. Yeah, we need to get these guys <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> okay, let's talk about um, conflict. Conflict in marriage. Mm, um, this is Mac and I's favorite no. topic. Yeah, Mac yes, and we love it. Mac and Josh are both actually eighth on the Enneagram. If you guys know the Enneagram, pray for Ken's and I. Yeah, so they love to go. I love a moment of conflict. You guys are very different though, and how you kind of like approach it. I think. Anyways, let's talk about let's it. About okay, it. what does it look like for you guys in your marriage? Conflict when hard things come up. How do you argue well? Do you just go after it? Do you wait to take a breath? What does it look like for you all? What's funny about with us in conflict, I handle conflict very differently in marriage than I do outside of it. So typically, I am a people pleaser and will avoid conflict at all costs. I hate it. I find it so uncomfortable. I typically will like... Yeah, I'll just avoid the conversation whenever I get the chance. In marriage, I... 
I think in the best way, it's not always carried out in the best way, but in the best way, I am not that because I, you know, have committed to this relationship forever. And so I know that every day for the rest of my life, this is something that I'm investing in. You know, there's no relationship that I care more about being in right standing, right? Obviously, than my relationship with God. And so if there is something that is in the way, there's tension or conflict, I want to solve it right away. (laughs) You know, I know that there's nothing, and maybe this is naive, maybe this is ignorant for being, you know, young in our marriage, but I know because of our commitment to one another, there's nothing that's going to separate us or, you know, always be in the way. So I just want to, I typically just want to squash it immediately. I want to talk about it. Let's solve it. This is ridiculous that it's, that we're not speaking because of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mac is not that way. (laughs) (laughs) Ken's nose all too well. (laughs) Um, She, she typically, you know, needs kind of her space to process it. I am very much a verbal processor. I really can't even get to a resolution. I feel like unless I'm talking about it, Mac very much needs to internalize it, to internally process it and have the space to do it and feel all of the emotions. And, um, and so I think early on, initially I tried to force my way mm-hmm. and it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, neither one of us were ready to have that conversation. Neither one of us knew how to articulate our emotions or our feelings. A lot of our insecurities came out and we got defensive and protective and And so we had to learn to kind of meet the other person where they were at and how they engage in conflict. So that's been a big, a big thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, uh, I feel like this first year of marriage, because we're only like a year and some change in, but has been about learning how to do conflict well by absolutely failing at it probably. (laughs) And then learning from our failures and being like, oh, wow, there are definitely better ways for us to go about this. And I feel like there are two things I always keep in mind. Actually, one is that one that Ken's told me. She was, oh, I don't even know uh, what it is, but something about how like it's, it's just like, don't be mad. Oh, I, what is yeah. It? Like, it's just like better to be friends and have fun than to always be, be mad. mad or whatever. Yeah. Always be mad or yeah. something. So I had to remind myself that a lot. It's like, okay, just like letting certain things go. But then one thing that I think has been helpful that we heard, we went on a marriage retreat before we got married. And I loved this. Our like people on this retreat said like, hey, in conflict, what's so cool is like you get direct access to your spouse's creator. And so um, just this idea and this notion that like in conflict, like what's cool is that like, you can invite God into the picture. And when I take space now, the big thing that I'm trying to do is get my heart back to a place of being for Tyler rather than against Tyler and for our relationship rather than against our relationship. And so that's been even for me, it's just like, okay, when I take space, I don't want to come back still angry in the way I was before. I want to come back with something to apologize for and something to like lead us towards reconciliation. And Tyler does the same. And that's kind of been, I don't know, it's just helped us a little bit. And I think for us, yeah, yeah, we learned by failing. And then (laughs) there's been some like moments where I'm like, okay, we're getting better at this. And this is exciting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Conflict creates growth in your your relationship. It's talking about the hard things and like working through it, even though it like can be difficult, you know, and yeah, a throwback to the In My Feels book, but that the fact that like anger reveals like what's in your heart, it reveals what you're passionate about. So I think it's important when your spouse is angry to listen what's underneath that anger, because those are really important things to learn about in marriage. Often conflict, there's just always a deeper story. And yeah, I think for us so often, it's like the unraveling of like the comet that maybe was like the fight is about is often about something really deep. Usually for me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm always thinking about something two months ago. But I think that that <laughs> is, it's important. Like it's important just to pay attention rather than just being like, oh, my spouse is mad at me. It's yeah. like, wait, what is like their heart actually saying in this? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said this a little bit too, Mac, like, the taking time and like coming back with something to apologize about or whatever it might be. And I think just adding to that in conflict, like I think a really important thing that I found too, is like taking ownership of it 
whether you're having this conflict out of like it being your fault or not your fault or wherever you want to point the fingers, like there's always something to take ownership in and to like humble yourself in. And I think I found that that in conflict creates like a lot of healing and solution. Yeah. And yeah, it's good. It's good. That's good. Okay. This is for you guys. Question. I like this question. And I want to know from our future parents over here, (laughs) how do you plan on raising babies that know and love Jesus? Oh my gosh. (laughs) We haven't talked about it yet. (laughs) Wow. No idea. We're having a baby. (laughs) How do you plan on this, Josh? I'm not planning. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't gotten there. No idea. I know you're good. The question on the document. So that's why I was like, well, this is for them. What we've been discussing has been (laughs) homeschooling, but I don't know that that's actually going to happen. I feel like that's not happening. I don't even know why. Okay. I don't don't think I have homeschooling. I don't think I have an answer. We're going to keep them sheltered. No, um, your children in the way of the Lord. We're not surprised. (laughs) Stay on the path. (laughs) I know what you guys are going to do. Public school. No, no. Like, I just oh. <laughs> I was going to say absolutely public school. Okay, yeah. Please don't think we're, like, for sure homeschooling children. Um, I think Ken's kind of – she kind of seems like a homeschooler sometimes. <laughs> I think that's concerning of me homeschooling our children, like, outside of the faith thing. <laughs> Knowing Ken's academic background. My academic background is minimal. <laughs> I don't think they're going to – Okay, no, I have a second question for you guys. Second question. I answer answer what I was gonna say. What are you guys gonna do to raise your kids to know Jesus? We got. We, You're going we to. You don't have any. Not, yeah, we don't have any. Oh, actually, we talked say, about one thing the other day. You guys, I did talk about one thing the other day. Oh wait, do you want to hear my one thing? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, he probably has other things, but the one thing we were talking mm. about was. We love the question of in every moment, what would love say? And because God is love, what would love say? And then acting from that. So we did talk about that the other day. Oh, I love it. Okay. Oh. You guys are going to have your Can I ask my question though? No, I was going to say they're going to send their kid to Young Life. Oh. You should send too. them to Young Life? <laughs> yeah, send them to Young Life. What happens when they're like four, four. or five? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you guys, it's Ken's here. I wanted to interrupt today's episode to tell you about Win It Shape Camps. You've probably heard us talk about them before because we are totally obsessed with them in camp ministry, but they are looking for amazing leaders and camp counselors to work at their camps this summer, this upcoming summer. I know we are so far away from then, but they're recruiting leaders. And so we wanted to make sure you knew about the opportunity. Mac and I say all the time that we so regret not spending a summer working at camp. There's nothing like getting to put yourself aside, serving others, learning how to share the gospel, and have so much fun doing it. If you don't know about Windshape Camps, it's actually started by Truett Cathy, who's the founder of Chick-fil-A, which we love. And they have camps all across the country, serving young people, sharing the gospel. And there's opportunities to work in worship, in administrative roles, activities, so much more. So if you're even slightly interested or considering working at camp this summer, we have an interest form in the show notes. So you can fill that out with your name, number, and email, and they will send you some more information. You are not committing to anything or applying or anything like that. Um, You'll just get more information and can start praying about working at camp this summer. I'm so excited about it, and we would really encourage you to do camp this summer. It's got to be good. All right, let's get back into the episode. Our question, our, my question for you guys is, because I think this is a good one for you guys, how do you dream together? It's mm, a good question. What do you think? Well, the easy, quick answer is like at the, at the end of every year, we do do like a little dream session or whatever mm-hmm. to reflect on the year and plan for the next. And that's a whole thing. We could probably just talk about that later. But other than that, dreaming together, I feel like dreaming together for us really looks like listening to each other. And I say this because 
I think by nature, both of us are kind of like dreamers, you know, Josh like is so ambitious mm. with his like work. And then like, I'm like, oh, what's next? Where am I going? What? I like, I'm excited always for like the next thing. And, and it'd be easy to just go through our day to day and stop listening, you know, like have dinner and be like, he like mentions like a thing he's excited about or a quick conversation he had with a guy friend. And I could be like, cool and move on. And Sometimes I do, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about it right now. Or I don't want to listen. Or I don't have the energy to, but I do try to be intentional about like, oh my gosh, wait, that'd be really cool. Tell me more. Or like what inspired that or whatever. And I do feel like our everyday consists, whether in the car or over dinner with friends of like leaving space to just like listen to like the little desires of his heart in a season and to ask good questions and to stay present even when you might be sick of each other or whatever. Um, yeah. 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 I would say like, it's really good. We do. Yeah. Kind of end of the year, like reviews at the end of the, at each year. And then we can make goals for the new year and stuff like that. But I feel like has been helpful for me has been more so documenting like some of those ideas or dreams or things that you want to accomplish. And that's something that I personally visit at least on a monthly basis where it might just like, I even just have this one app called a day one journal and it like lets you categorize your journal. Like you can make several journals and like one of them is like a business journal and then one's like more of a personal journal. And so they're just things that I will visit that I wrote down in that journal. Now I have it for like two years now. And I think there's a lot of value in zooming out and kind of looking at those things that you dreamed of together and seeing where you are in comparison to that and like if those things still hold true those dreams and desires that you have whether it's like a business or you know where you want to live like kins and i wrote down two or three years ago that like or at least one of the things i wrote down was i want to live like near the beach one day like i i wrote out this vision of having three kids running our own companies and raising our children near the beach and surfing every day and now we're moving to Florida in three months from today. And so like those things have like, I think have a lot of power. And I think there's a lot of power in, you know, dreaming together and then documenting it and then being able to look back and say, oh my gosh, like some of these things actually have happened. Um, and so, yeah, I think just like doing that together and, and sometimes it can be a solo thing, I will say. Like sometimes it can look like, you know, maybe you're making some goals for your own business or your own thing, but then it's always about like collaborating together and being like, do these things, are they in line with where we're going as a family? Mm-hmm. And do these things honor the Lord? And then I think God, you know, just reveals new opportunities to you and brings new people into your life that inspire you and give you like expand the dreams that you thought you had and makes the original dream that you had look even smaller. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. I just think it's like an evolving process, but like, The one takeaway I'd give anyone listening is like document those things, write them down, come back to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And just do it together. Mm -hmm. You guys are the dreamers. We are the small towners. (laughs) 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 We're moving to a small town soon. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Even smaller than Matthews. Oh my gosh. They (laughs) are dreamers, but we we talked a lot. Okay. So next question (laughs) is I want to know for the girls, Oh, I guess also boys that are in a season of engagement and transitioning into marriage. What are some things or advice you'd give them to help with that transition? Tyler? I think we recorded a podcast on this if you want to oh, go back. Because we, you know, I don't know that our we did our engagement. Per- I know we, we didn't do our engagement. We never had shame about our fact that we didn't go to like traditional marriage no, counseling. <laughs> not true. Not true. How could Me, you? I'm like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's shame about that thing specifically or shame in general. Um, I just, <laughs> there's one thing that I, I've, I know Mac has talked about this. I know we talked about this on that last episode. Um, but one thing that we did was surround ourselves with people that we wanted to model our marriage after. Yeah. There was one couple in particular that we admired and fell in love with and just really 
intentionally got ourselves around them and because of that was able to cast a vision for the both of us for what how we wanted to love one another how we wanted to raise a future family how we wanted to pursue christ in our marriage and and i think that was huge i mean that it's been even just a even just having someone there in your corner praying for you caring about you being excited with you outside of your family and your immediate friends was just a total gift total blessing and what I would say as well on top of that is in time together outside of wedding planning, uh, the best thing about that uh, marriage retreat that we did at Windshape, shout out Windshape, the best thing about that retreat was just that it held us accountable and it was intentional time together away from life, away from wedding planning, away from jobs to talk about our marriage and to talk about one another and the things that we care about, we're passionate about. And I think we just, uh, there's a lot of fruit that came from that. And, you know, as Max shared earlier, there's still things that we're learning and experiencing from that and just set a really good foundation. So, yeah, yeah, that's really, I good. would so agree. Speaking of the wedding day, we got a couple of questions about planning the wedding day for, for <laughs> wedding? your wedding <laughs> and, um, I think Max's did... the only one out of the four of us that planned a wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> we didn't super, but I, I just want to have a quick conversation of what it does look like to like, yeah, to plan for your wedding. I think that can be really all consuming and like really exciting and how to do that in a healthy way. Yep. Um, my only advice would be throw out all the expectations and traditions out the window and just make a day that you love. Create a day that is for you and all of your people to just soak in time together. I'm telling you, you will never look at the photos of your table decor. You will (laughs) never look at the photos of your close-ups of your bouquets. Like, you don't care about those things once the day is over. And those things are fun to plan and all the things. But what really matters is the moments spent obviously with your spouse and then obviously like with all the people there and so I think it's so much more about creating space for those moments than it is about like the details and the organization and the planning Mm -hmm. and yeah I don't know I think for I'm very decisive so I had like a clear Mm -hmm. thought of like what I wanted things to look like and be like but I think when I look back even now like there was even more things I could have like gotten rid of and let go of and the moments that I remember are the moments that were like with people looking people in the eyes and those were the best moments of your wedding day and so yeah yeah exactly and it goes so fast it's literally over in the blink of an eye and you can't remember all the moments (laughs) yeah try as you might you can't remember all of them so I think that what you said too Tyler of like making sure to spend time together in engagement season, like not planning for wedding stuff or whatever is really important. And ultimately, I think that's also something I would add is like, I'm really glad that I, we spent a lot of time in our engagement season, just planning for our marriage, not planning for the wedding. And I'm so grateful for that. We talked through, we talked through like our financial situation. We talked through, we went through, we did do a engagement counseling kind of (laughs) with a friend of a friend who like he's the best and we love him but you know we probably heard more of his old life stories than we talked about our marriage but we love that um (laughs) and I do think those things are important as you prepare you should just prepare for the marriage and not as much for the wedding and I think you'll see the fruit of that once you get married yeah Um, yeah and so true okay I love this question how do you discover your marriage's missional calling, especially when you serve in different areas? And I think this would be cool from both our perspectives of mm-hmm. just what that's looked like, because I think it's been different for both of us, but a really fun one to enter into with your spouse. How do you discover your missional calling? How do you discover your marriage's missional calling? Mm. Mm. Oh, I remember when we found our calling finally. <laughs> <laughs> years ago we just saw it just on the side of the road. struck by lightning yes. it was in a treasure chest guarded by four elves <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my yeah, gosh something to add to that joke i don't know like i feel like missional calling 
I don't know. I think calling and mission, like those are like very big kind of scary words when I hear them. And I don't know. I love, I love uh, John Mark Comer's book garden city. Cause I feel like it kind of helps normalize. Like most people aren't going to be in ministry. Right. And so I think that, you know, there's people that are accountants and lawyers and nurses and teachers where they might not be doing vocational ministry, but they can make their workplace be a more garden-like state, like like the Garden of Eden. And so um, I just think that like, for me at least, and being in like running my own company, I run just a mark, I run like an influencer marketing agency. And so for me, it's just, I just want to be a light wherever I go. I want to bring like the joy of the Lord and I just want to be, you know, a light in, in dark places. And so I think it's just in terms of our marriage and being on mission, it's like kind of more of an overarching thing of having faith in Christ and, and and spending time with the Lord and like following his ways. It's just that I'm bringing the joy of the Lord into all things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, that might be a bad answer, but. No, yeah. And, you know, we we don't know what's to come. We're still so young in our marriage and young in our lives and all the things. So the dreaming conversation applies, I think, to this conversation too. You know, like writing down things that like inspire us or ideas that we have and like documenting those things and pondering those things and praying about those things separately and together um, that's kind of what it looks like right now in the early years as we're just like developing our missional marriage. But also like, I will say too, like, I feel like I've, I've had to like figure that out through some insecurity. Like I think for a while when I was like single, I might've thought, oh, wow, I want to be with like this like pastoral guy who's leading in x y and z ways and is like this this like this like christian figure or something like that and then when i married somebody who's just like all about like business and kingdom business and stuff i was like oh i had to like come to like the reality with like oh what who did i choose to marry marry and what is his giftings and how is that also full of purpose and sometimes i do think we just have to ask those hard questions. But to answer the question is, I think like there's bits and pieces that we see of like our missional marriage, like now, but I just do feel like it's so, there's so much more to like come and to discover. Yeah. For us. But did you guys have anything that you wanted to add? Well, yeah. Did you guys discover your mission on the side of the road? (laughs) No, you just know we were going to love this kind of question. Yeah. Ours wasn't guarded by elves. It was guarded by uh, dwarves. Unicorns. Unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I, I so agree and resonate with what Josh said. And I'm sure a lot of people do as well. When, you know, when you think about missional calling, you know, what is God calling me to there is this pressure to figure that out. And if if your life doesn't look like the people who you think are living out their missional calling, then you're doing something wrong. And I think the the most encouraging thing that we've learned over the last few months is um, this phrase that being precedes doing. Um, that being with God will, th- will then send us out to being exactly who we were supposed to be. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me and I will teach you to become uh, fishers of men. So he didn't say, follow me because you are fishers of men. He said, follow me and I will make you to become that. And, And I think that's really all that, especially we're talking like early days of marriage, you know, focus on being with Jesus. You know, don't focus on figuring out your missional calling, you know, focus on spending time with him, developing intimacy with him, and out of the overflow of receiving from him, you will you will not have to try. You will just be, and that will be your missional calling. You will discover who you are and who, who you're supposed to be and what then you're supposed to do. Jesus cares too much about the people that you're going to reach to keep you stuck and in, 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 in alone and by yourself. He's going to lead you and teach you how to live into your quote-unquote missional calling. And yeah, like... 
Kins and Josh said, takes on many different forms. I think the only way to find that out is just to be with him. Mac, one thing I've so appreciated about her is that, you know, we could look at her life, you know, you and, uh, you and Ken's and see, Hey, these are two girls living out their missional calling. They're so confident in what they're doing. And it's awesome. Think about the people they're reaching. And I've never felt like Mac, um, was prideful about that. Never felt like that was the most important thing about her. The most important thing about her to her was her relationship with Christ. And I think because of that, she was able to support, encourage, and honor some of the little things that I was doing. You know, I say little, but they're really not. You know, mm-hmm. hey, that one relationship I have with that one high school student is is exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's my missional calling right now in this season. And so I think it's just a humility of, um, you know, this posture of being with Jesus, that being the most important thing. And we're made in his image. He's going to lead us to do amazing things, great and amazing things. And it's not going to be what we expect them or maybe even want them to look like, but it is going to be amazing because it's going to be what he tells you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you guys are so right. It's like a journey. You every season, the output of that will look so different and you'll uncover more from God what that might look like. And I think that's what's really fun. Again, doing it together. I think that's what's so fun is that you get to do it with another person who is shaping you and molding you into looking more like Christ through doing it in relationship. So yeah, that's been fun for us. That's so good. All right. Now we're ready for it, Kent. I know. I almost forgot that we are going to. Well, let's talk about sex. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember where the questions are. Okay. Oh, okay. What was what was it like having to wait for marriage to have sex? Okay. And then was your wedding night everything you hoped it would be? (laughs) Oh my god. Well, a funny story for us on our wedding yeah. night is, oh, no. I don't know if we've told you guys this. This is just so funny is we, um, we were in, I'll tell well, it. No, I'll tell it. I'm scared of what he's going to say. So anyways, um, we, you know, they say, I don't know that everybody says this, but we had heard that like, it's important to maybe like talk about your first time having sex before you have it. And so, you know, what you're going to do, how you're going to build up, how you're going to get there. And so we were like, okay, well, we'll start. We decided we <laughs> guys make a plan, like a full out plan. It was in a Google Doc, actually. <laughs> like yeah. a birth plan? <laughs> it was in a Google Doc. Yeah, we posted it on the wall as soon as we got there. No, um, I don't know. I, we like loosely did. But I just remember this part. We knew for sure we wanted to like start it off in the shower. And so we were like, okay, great. We'll start off in the shower. So we get to our room. And, you know, you picture your first night, like, just a really, like, awesome shower situation. It ended up being, like, the handicap room. And so, like, the shower was, like, this, like, very (laughs) weird handicap shower (laughs) that, like, I don't know if you guys have been in a shower like that, but it, like, had a lot of bars and plastic. Handles everywhere. Handles. (laughs) It was, like, my medical, like, shower. Like you're in a hospital. So it totally killed the vibe. On top of, well, (laughs) on top of that, we were in Jackson Hole in, like, which is very, like, outdoorsy. And so our room was covered in taxidermy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there's like there's at least like three bobcats on the wall and like you know, stuffed hawks <laughs> we also got dropped off at the wrong hotel and then we literally took like the employee's car to our real hotel so you could say it was life-changing <laughs> yeah <that's>, the build-up <laughs> amazing okay that's all i gotta say there <laughs> go ahead boys and girls that's hilarious that's so funny okay so Wait, the questions were, <laughs> what was it like waiting? And was your wedding night everything you hoped it would be? Um, I mean, I feel like the waiting is, I always tell people if I got married when I was maybe 21, 22, 23, I think I would have been so terrified of my wedding night. But I think as I got older, I don't know. I don't, I think I was just like, I was excited and I was ready. <laughs> I was ready to go. I was like, let's get to the wedding night. And, um, our wedding night was, was awesome. It was, sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> it was, was great. I, uh, wasn't Tyler 21 
So were you terrified? Good point. Good point. 22. I was just wondering if you were terrified, like Mac was saying. <laughs> if she got married at 21, she would have been Maybe a little bit different for guys and girls. Yeah, maybe a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Well, person to person, maybe uh, too. But anyways, our I had like like Tyler said, I had planned a lot of the wedding, so I literally had not thought anything about our night of but it was really sweet because tyler had some friends come over and like clean our we we just like came back to our our house which was like our first night staying in our house and so he had like cleaned our house they had cleaned our house and then they had like create like left roses and candles and it was like really cute and sweet and um they also got the coffee pot so it started like as soon as we walked in the door which was kind of creepy i was freaked out by the coffee pot starting I was like, how's this happening? But it was just really sweet. Like, I think it was sweet for me that he had, like, thought about it. And, like, he had put more planning and thought into it. And he just made me feel super comfortable. And, um, I mean, the actual, like, sex part is, I think, different for everybody. But I think it's just, like, it's over fast, honestly. (laughs) And then... Whoa, hey, what are you... Same. I would say that's for everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's good to talk about though, because it's yeah. just like to set expectations that like you're not going to get good at sex until later, most likely, unless for some reason yeah. God has just skilled you, he gifted you with yes, with the skill yeah. of yeah. being amazing at intimacy. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, it's not going to be great on the at the beginning. Totally. Yeah, it's like sweet and awkward and all the things, but it's like also so fun because, you know, you finally can go there and get to enter into this new thing that like you've heard about all your life, but then have never like experienced. And so I think it was really, it was really sweet. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So tip, Ken's. do you have any specific tips or wisdom for a wedding night? No, avoid taxidermy and handicapped showers. Yeah, and don't like have these crazy expectations. Yeah. And that's like, and that me saying that is actually really funny because I'm normally like so the opposite. I'm like, oh my gosh, expect amazing things. It's gonna be great. But this is truthfully like something that I think is like hyped up, especially when you wait for so long. So just like having realistic expectations. I know for us in our marriage, sex has just been something that we've like had to work on and grow in intentionally. And so for anybody who's like, just like, oh my gosh, it's going to come easier. Maybe you're in your marriage now and it's not been easy. Like know that you're not in that alone. Like I, there's like a stat and I think it's like literally like 87% of like women have to learn how to like make sex feel good for them and figure out how to like be bold and confident in intimacy. So it's a journey and you can journey with your husband in that. And it's been like a really sweet and vulnerable thing. I think that's good. I think for girls, there's probably a lot of insecurities there and you're not going to be able to name all the insecurities on night one or even one month in. Like, I think it's it's uncovering them one at a time, talking through them with your husband. He might have insecurities too. And that, I think, is what's crazy is I think you think, oh, we're married. We can, like, have as much sex as we want. Like, all insecurities are going to go away. But I think they're still there. And that's, like, one of the, the things that I think can block it the most. And so just talking about them often and not being afraid to be like, Hey, like this is weird, but I still feel weird about this. And can we talk about it? So yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. We love that. We love that. We got to wrap this up. So our last question or two, Matthew got one. Okay. This is a good question. How do you handle the new dynamics with in-laws and mixing families? Um, Okay, the thing I would say here is to learn how to appreciate things about them. Josh's family is amazing and great, but, you know, you always are like, oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed with mine. Like, you, like, think yours is perfect. Or at least I did. I know actually everybody comes from different situations, but you have a lot of pride in your own family. You know, it's easy to be like, but my parents are like this, and that's, like, cooler, better, whatever. Early on, stop myself from having those conversations and making those statements and learn to appreciate how he was raised and how his mom is and how his dad is and how their marriage is and to speak positively about that. 
and to like learn to love it. And genuinely, as I've changed my mindset towards them, I've really deeply like what maybe started as like, okay, I'm going to try. I like now really genuinely do appreciate so many different things and learn from them. So yeah, I would say like if it's hard or if you don't get along with them super well, find something, find something that bridges the gap or that you can appreciate or that you love and you'll start to maybe see their perspective in the midst of it. Yeah. I think part of it too is just like when you're getting married is you're coming in with so many different ways of living. Like you're coming from two very different families. And so I think it's just kind of like figuring out together as a family, what is the, what is like the values that you want to take from each family and what are the things that are going to make your family like unique? Like, and like, you're not, you're coming from, yeah, two separate families with two different ways of living. And I think that now as like, you're start, you know, the whole like leaving and cleaving thing, you're starting your own family unit. And I think that's really important to have your own, um, yeah, like your own values, like your own kind of like what we were talking about earlier about your own mission. And, and then like, how does your relationship look like with your in-laws? Like luckily I married into an awesome family and I love my in-laws. I really love spending time with them. And at the same time, like I want to have, you know, what's unique to our family. I'm not just trying to do what my parents did. And I'm not trying to just do what um, the bakers did. I'm trying to create a new family and have our own way of living. Yeah. I think those are also good. And uh, I would just say a special word of advice to our girls out there is your life is just going to be so much better if you develop a great relationship with your mother-in-law. Like (laughs) if you like just learn to call her and to talk to her and to love her and to be friends with her, I think it saves you a lot of like grief and things like even in the early days, like I, this is funny, like trying to plan uh, where are you going to be for holidays and things like that. Like at first I would like try to go through Tyler and be like, Tyler, okay, talk to your family. And now I'm like, I just go straight to the mother-in-law. <laughs> I oh, just save grief from yeah, the spouse. I just go straight That's to good. my mother-in-law. And I'm like, hey, okay, let's talk about holidays. Like what sh- we're thinking this, does this work for you guys? Da, da, da. <laughs> and so I good. just yeah. feel like it's a great little tip. If you have a great relationship with your, with your mother-in-law, then it's just, it makes it a lot more fun too. When you go to visit, it's like yeah. getting to hang with your friend. And like you said, like if you just like learn to value them, appreciate them, love them, it just makes it so much easier. It's like the thing we were talking about earlier in marriage. Like you can either be like annoyed and angry and upset yeah. with them, or you can like be so excited to be with them. And I think one, another little thing I would say is just like be the biggest cheerleader of your spouse spending time with their family. I think that's a big one too, is like anytime like Tyler wants to call his mom or dad, I don't want to be annoyed by that. I want to be so excited or be the one to be like, Hey, you should call your sister or you should call your mom or whatever. No, that's And then anytime they need to go, like be with them, say, yes, go do it. I'm coming too, or whatever it is. I think Mm. a little helpful tip too. So yeah, that's so good. So many people need to hear that one. Wow. I think we should close out one more question. We're going to get some last pieces of marriage advice from both couples. How about (laughs) your anything we didn't cover? Just picture, you know, an awesome couple listening to this podcast. They're like, oh, my gosh, Tyler, Josh, give us the wisdom. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Please throw throw it down. The cheese and the the cheesiness i can taste it from here <laughs> tyler tyler's ready tyler, um, bring, I, bring I it home like tyler boys, the voice started off so like hot and ready for this and now yeah, just, i'm like, malnourished I, a, no. a second ago i saw tyler like lean back in his chair and have like a giant yawn josh was getting <laughs> no <laughs> i love the for the girl podcast there's no place i'd rather be yeah um okay I would say to go back on Josh's first point, marriage is so fun. It's super fun. And I think it is the most fun when you're doing it with your best friend. And I think any opportunity you can get to invest in your friendship with your spouse is just going to bear so much fruit. I feel like Mac and I, we like to spend time together. We like to do everything together because we are best friends. 
Um, we have similar interests. We've figured out things that we like to do together. Um, you know, I think that's something that you can look for in dating, someone that you can be friends with, but it's also something that you can invest in and build over time. I think that, uh, you know, we did long distance for six and a half months. So that was kind of hard to do. And that was a really sweet part of moving to the same city is we got to really invest in our friendship and figuring out the things that we love and enjoy and the things that you enjoy, I learned to enjoy. And the things that I enjoy, you have learned to enjoy as well. And that's just part of building in the friendship. And so um, invest in that, build in that. And then, of course, fall in love with Jesus. Yes. It's the best thing that you can do for your life mm, and again. your marriage. <laughs> the friendship and marriage is like so important. There's the narrative that is hard. And um, I know there's even more challenges that can come financially with kids and all the things. And so definitely early on, if you can prioritize and learn how to like have fun together and to be friends and to be each other's biggest cheerleader, I think that's going to take you so far. And I'll add, I do think that takes intention. Like it doesn't just yeah. like happen naturally, like be intentional about it through designated conversations or maybe through a date night or maybe through Pickleball. whatever is going to lead you to that but yeah yes yes wow okay is the, is the foundation pickleball yes, pickleball Amen. if all else fails pickleball um, yeah but- do you guys know that tyler and mac are like pickleball pros we're trying to convince them to like join a tournament maybe one day maybe one day but for now we gotta wrap up this podcast episode but boys <laughs> thanks for joining thank you for listening to our first episode of the for the both of us series And we will be back next week with more conversations about marriage and relationships and how to essentially do so many of these things we talked about, how to walk with Jesus together in your marriage. And so we cannot wait. We'll check you back next week. We love you, fam. Boys, we were glad you're here and we're glad you're staying. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Catch you later.